The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Our world has changed a lot. And uh, we're going to announce this week that Leap Week will be a virtual experience. So we'll put out an amazing um, press release. We will let all the students know, all of you Australian students who were worried about flying over here, you don't need to fly over here because it's going to be virtual. And we will have amazing speakers and amazing content. It'll probably be about four hours of content a day, but this is the best we can do under the circumstances. Please, please, please stay home. Be safe. Be smart. Wash everything. When people come into your house, or don't even let them in. When your groceries come, when you get your groceries, scrub, disinfect, clean everything before you even bring it into your house. Wash your hands all the time. Be really cognizant of not touching your eyes and your ears and your nose. Will our lives ever be the same again? I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's really a bizarre time in our in our world. Mask, um, mask, mask. Yes, and always wear a mask. Uh, Doctor Ava Shambam is joining us. Um, and if you can't get a professional mask, there are a ton of things online that will tell you how you can actually use a coffee filter with a t-shirt and all that. All that's important. When you do go out in public, I'm not kidding. I wear a hat because I don't want it in my hair. Wear eye protection, glasses, even goggles. I, I'm going to show you something I found. Um, I have a little um, like shop where I, I do stuff. These are like 10 bucks. They're little safety glasses that you can get in a hardware store. And they're cool because... The sides are blocked. So when you put them on, I know I look like a big nerd, but nothing gets in. And these, I, I don't know. Actually, I think they were like five bucks. You can get this at a hardware store. So if you don't have goggles, I know nobody wants to walk outside with goggles on, but you got to protect your eyes. You know, people don't realize this, but my profession is probably one of the highest risk professions out there. Why? Well, when you, you know, cough or sneeze, they estimate that the droplet will fall in six feet. Okay. When you're a dentist and you have a drill, a high-speed handpiece in a patient's mouth, and you're creating a, an aerosol mist with water and saliva and coronavirus, that can stay viable for three to six hours in the air. Then it goes into the air conditioned system, and it coats the walls and the ceiling and the, I mean, everything. So I'm probably not going to be doing dentistry for at least three or four months. And we'll announce today that we're going to start doing virtual smile consults. Um, So I might as well do something while I'm at home. At any rate, Leap Week will still be the same time. It will be July 19th to the 25th. We will start to release the content and we're going to set up some cool chat rooms and things like that. It will all be done through zoom uh, video and um, we'll do the best we can. 
Um, without further ado, though, I'd like to introduce my dear, sweet friend, Dr. Ava Shambam. Uh, Ava Shambam, MD, is a renowned board-certified dermatologist um, and a true skin visionary clinician, author, anti-aging expert, and prejuvenation proponent. We'll talk about what that means. She's a founder of Ava MD Dermatology and Skin X5 Medical Spas located in Southern California. Uh, she does research for a lot of different companies. She is a master of injectables. That means Botox and fillers and all the things that keep you looking younger. She became famous with her tenure on ABC's Extreme Makeover, and that's where she and I really bonded and became good friends. She was the resident dermatologist. She's also the expert dermatologist on the Emmy Award-winning show, The Doctors, Extra, and Steve Harvey. Dr. Ava is the author of the best-selling beauty book called Heal Your Skin, The Breakthrough Plan for Renewal. Uh, additionally, she hosted her own digital series, which we'll talk about, um, Dr. Ava Says, and she is uh, the Allure Insider. Uh, Dr. Shamban is editor and a board member for New Beauty Magazine and continues to be featured in publications like Allure, Harper's Bazaar, Wall Street Journal, Marie Claude, Claire, sorry, L, Good Housekeeping, MSN, uh, Yahoo, and many others. She's currently working on her second book and is developing another TV show. Um, you can see it on YouTube. It's called uh, The Gist Show with four dermatologists where they talk about everything from um, injectables to creams to staying in the sun to staying out of the sun and all that. You can find her on all social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under Dr. Ava Says, D-R-A-V-A Says. And on YouTube, you can follow her under Dr. Ava MD. Without further ado, welcome <laughs> to our podcast, Ava. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Bill. It has been what a, what a journey we've had going from you know extreme makeover. When did we do that together? That was you like that was we shot the pilot in two thousand and three. And we started airing, I think you started doing your episodes in 2004. Yeah, so, 2004. I don't know. I'm sure it was the same for you. That was one of the most profound experiences I've had in my entire life. Because to take these people who were in their shells and so insecure about how they looked and it affected every aspect of their life and then to see them just blossom was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, people who wouldn't, those people with their jagged teeth who wouldn't smile and you were able to let them smile. And I mean, it was amazing. It was the most amazing thing. You know, I think as doctors, the thing that was most riveting for me and for you is, you know, we have that personal experience with those patients. You know, they come in, you know, I transform their smile, you clear their skin and all that. But when you have the ability to share that with millions and millions of people at home, it, it was really life-changing. And you know what else it did, which I think was probably one of the, the best benefits of that show? It, it made it okay. You know, it made it okay for people to say, hey, 
I'm ashamed of the way my teeth look. Can you fix them? You know, and there were a lot of people who never knew the things that you could do with dermatology. And by being on that show, I mean, look, there were people that criticized, oh, they didn't need to have their breasts done or their this, but nobody ever said, you know what? They should keep their acne. <laughs> nobody <laughs> ever said that. And nobody <laughs> ever said they should keep their really ugly teeth, right? Right. Nobody ever said that. Nobody ever said that. And it's so true. I think it did two things. I think it gave, I got so many letters because that was before everybody was doing email, you know, thanking me because they had no idea that there was treatment for terrible acne or for rosacea or for scars on their face, you know, that people had acne scars. So it was, it did, it opened up, it did two things. It let people know that there was something that could be done for whatever it was about their physical appearance that they were so mortified and embarrassed about. And also it made it okay for people to go. It was, it was certainly not vanity at all. It was yeah. like, it was like, it was like brushing your, it became like brushing your hair. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it really, it really was groundbreaking. I mean, the fact that we actually got to go on like Larry King Live and, and all these things, it, it, this was, this was revolutionary. But let's talk a little bit about your career because, you know, you have not had the typical career of a dermatologist. Um, why don't you share a little bit you know, with our listeners, some of the things that you've done that have really taken your career to a whole new level because you've become literally one of the most visible and famous dermatologists, not only in this country, in the world, but I, that doesn't happen by accident. You know, I mean, I, I know. So can you kind of talk a little bit about how you started your career and how you got to where you are today? Yes, of course. Um, so it actually, and I'm, uh, this may be true for you as well. Uh, medicine, being a physician in general, was a calling for me. So when I was a little girl, when I was like eight or nine, I read every single book I could find in the library about about how about nurses because there wasn't anything about female doctors at the time. It was all about nurses, and I was just I was obsessed. I wanted to take care of people when I was a little girl. And so my mother and I would talk about it. And my mother said, you know, you know, you might think maybe you would be a doctor. And I was like, a doctor, really? And she said, yeah, why don't you be a doctor? You know, you're kind of bossy. You maybe want to give more of the orders. And I was like, okay. So from the time I was a little girl, I really, um, I don't know where it came from. There's no other doctors in my family. And I have the my, I have like 25 cousins. I have a second cousin who's a doctor, but no one else was. So it wasn't like I had a role model. So I think that, that I was completely turned off by the pre-med um, sentiment. So I went to Harvard undergrad. I was just like, it was appalling. You know, these, these people would like slit your throat to, you know, if, if you weren't, if uh, they wouldn't share their notes, they wouldn't share their notes. I mean, I was trying oh, to, wow. they wouldn't share. It was unbelievable. It was really unbelievable. So I was kind of turned off about it. Um, and I think like yourself, I did, I did a little bit of theater in high school. That was really fun for me. Fortunately, my mother discouraged me about that, but that was kind of the start of it. And I think that, I mean, that was sort of, that was how it began with a calling. And then, um, I remember there was a guy I dated in college and he said to me, he said, I know all those people are awful about pre-med. He said, but you know what? You should be a doctor. <laughs> You should be a doctor. So 
So I did. I applied to medical school. I went to medical school at Case Western Reserve. And I'm fascinated by how the body works. Just fascinated. There's nothing. It's absolutely magical how everything fits together. You know, the immune system and your cardiovascular system. So it was very interesting to me. So that was sort of the first stage. So for students that don't understand, you know, we go to, we go to undergrad. Um, you know, I did four years at UCLA, you did four years at Harvard, then you apply to medical school, I applied to dental school, medical school is four years, dental school is three years. For us, we're done. It's like, it's like three and you're out practicing. For you guys, it's a whole different thing. You do four years of medical school, and then you have your internship in your residency. At what point do you say, okay, I want to do dermatology and then please explain kind of the matching process and all that because students don't really know how that works. Okay. So when I was an undergraduate, so when I was in in college, I did um, bench research. I was looking at actually neurochemistry. I was very interested in neurochemistry at the time. And so when I, when I applied to medical school, I mean, I'm telling you the background because it sort of, it plays into the future. So basically what I would like to tell all of your, you know, inspiring, inspirational people is that everything you do in your life, you may think that it's not relevant to what's going to happen in the future, but it actually turns out that it is because you sort of like, you sort of, you might do. So I was, so I did, um, I did two years of general practice. So what happened was when I finished medical school, I couldn't make up my mind. I was like, do I want to be an obstetrician, gynecologist? Do I want to be an internist? I couldn't make up my mind. And so I ended up becoming a general practitioner. I did one year of internship and it was internal medicine. Then I practiced for two years up actually in the Salinas Valley. I was taking care of migrant farm workers. I speak Spanish, pretty well, very well. And then my roommate from medical school was doing dermatology. She said, Oh, Ava, I think you like dermatology. It's a little bit of medicine, a little bit of surgery. So then the residency for dermatology is three years, three more years. So a year, so you have four years of undergraduate, four years of medical school, a year of internship, and then three of residency. But what happens in those four, those four postgraduate years is you're no longer sitting in a classroom. You're seeing patients. You're, right. you're, yeah. It's almost like an apprenticeship, and you have something the same, right? Well, no, <laughs> actually, no? when we graduate dental school, you're fully li- licensed, and you can go practice. Now, what I did was I realized, A, I was broke. I had no money. B, I had never seen anything outside of, like, California. So I applied to a residency program in Switzerland. It wasn't required, but it gave me the ability to go and see the world. And, you know, I tell students that go to LEAP, there will be defining moments in your life. And sometimes you plan that, sometimes you don't. This was one where... It kind of, well, there was a student in the class ahead of me that was in Switzerland. And I thought, wow, that sounds great. It was actually the only civilized country in the world. I mean, I could have gone to a third world country, but the only like civilized country in the world where you could practice as an American dentist with an American license because it was in a Swiss hospital. So I started applying 
um, to the program. And I realized there was no way I was going to get this. They had 400 applicants for one job. So, and I tell kids at LEAP, you will have life-defining moments. And one day I thought, you know what? I'm just going to call the director. So I called him up and he was completely uninterested. And then I called again and I called almost weekly. And I felt like he really didn't even want to talk to me. And then one day I had a life-defining moment, completely spontaneous. When I realized that he had zero interest in me, Dr. Bill Dorfman, I said, I said, his name was Dr. Schreier. I said, Dr. Schreier, can I take you to lunch? He goes, you're in San Francisco. The funnier thing is I was broke, like broke. I couldn't even afford an airplane ticket. He said, yes, I borrowed money and I flew there and he hired me because I was the only one out of 400. And I know, Ava, that there were things, and we're going to talk about now, that you did in your career that really set you apart. When, when I started practicing in Beverly Hills, the last thing they needed was another cosmetic dentist, just like the last thing they needed was another you know, cosmetic dermatologist. But what I did, and, and, and one of the things that, that we really stress at LEAP is you know, find mentors. I found the five most successful practices in Beverly Hills. I called them up. I was like this little nobody, you know, dentist who just came home from Switzerland. And I went and I shadowed and I sat in their offices and I absorbed everything they did like a sponge. And then I went and put it all in one practice. And my goal was just to make it better, that much better. So I know that when you finished and you decided that you were going to set up your office. You have one in Beverly Hills. You have one in Santa Monica. What was it that you did that really differentiated? Because your dermatology practice is unlike any other I've ever seen. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. In a great way. In a great yeah. way. Yes. I mean, I try to be very, um, I like innovation. I like innovation. I like to be forward thinking. And I think so I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. I actually, a lot of it is, is relevant to extreme makeover experience. So what happened with extreme makeover was because you were on the show before, they did not have a dermatologist. And then heart, Dr. Harvey Zaram, the plastic surgeon, he had a patient who had terrible acne and she had brown spots, some, some uh, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So he called me and he said, yeah, he was Southern, remember? like uh dr ava we've got uh, i've got this patient here for this television show and i think you should take care of her and i said okay so then the producer called me chuck and he said um you know we, we want to come over and do like a little you know we want to do a little screen i mean have you talked to her and i said well I said, well, before you film me, can I just meet her so I can figure out what I'm going to do? And he said, sure. So she came over. I went to the gym. I came back, no makeup, wet hair. And um, and they were there with like one of those huge cameras that people that we had in those days. And the director and I was like, OK. So I said, I said, so I said to my staff, I said, you know, can I have like somebody lend me some earrings? I'll put a little mascara on. <laughs> it was basically the, you know no makeup. And so, which was fine. And so then I talked to the patient, they filmed it. And then he directed me. <laughs> He's like, okay, well, you know, do it again this way. And so what was it? And so what happened was because of that screen test, that was completely out of the blue. Then I became part of the show, but to stay on the show, 
and not have, because as you pointed out, there are so many dermatologists in Beverly Hills. I had to be entertaining. I had to, to give out information. I, and I had to do a miracle because as you did too, because you had to figure out, you didn't, we didn't have like, you know, for dermatology, you say, oh, we've got six months a year. We had two to four to six weeks. So they were like, Shamban, you know, we need to have this patient ready in, you know, the because I had to wait for the surgeons to release the patient. So I had to like get really creative and I layered treatments. I added creams to reduce inflammation. And then I would think about, okay, well, what's visually interesting and what's the, what's the sound bite? So some of the sound bites were, you may feel like a desperate housewife. You don't have to look like one, you know, Botox is, if Botox were lethal, half of Beverly Hills would be dead. So what all, what that experience pulled in for me was my, and so it's, I really like the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours. So if any of you kids think that you can just like start doing this without really working hard, it really does take 10,000 hours. So by the time I did the show, I'd had 10,000 hours of practice um, because I'd worked for other people before I purchased the practice that I currently own. Um, I had experience, as I said, from all these, I had experience, um, from theater. I, I'm a huge reader. I have read enormous amounts. And so I was able to express myself well. So all of these factors, um, you know, the hard work, the, um, factored in and building the practice after that. I mean, I had to expand because the, you know, we were ABC prime time. I mean, that was nine o'clock Thursday nights, Tuesday nights. I mean, it was like 10 million people. I mean, 10, 12 million yeah. people. No, no. We had numbers that they don't even get anymore. And it's funny because as you're talking about this, I'm remembering I developed ways to practice dentistry that had never been done before. And we didn't talk about this, but think about this. You know, a patient comes in and I'm going to put like 10 upper veneers on. Well, how can they hold a mirror in their mouth, smile, and tell you how excited they are when their whole face is numb and doesn't move? So I had to develop a way to anesthetize my patients where I numb the teeth, but not the face. And so instead of giving the regular injections like we did up in the buccal vestibule here, what we did is we anesthetized them from the palate. So we numbed the palate, and I was able to to block the innervation on the nerves. And that way, when they would smile, they didn't look numb or funky or whatever. But, and, and the other thing too is that was crazy is this was the first time on primetime TV that dermatology dentistry was featured in a really positive inspiring light so like you you know our phones rang off the hook i mean we saw hundreds of consults a, a week and, and 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 that would differentiate your practice but there's something else from the second you walk in to your practice it feels different you know and some of the things you practice like a concierge in a hotel you know the way that your that your team treats people, the whole ambiance, you know, it's a beautiful, you know, environment with soft music and, and nice scents in the room and, and all that. I mean, those things all differentiate your practice as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, so I'm all about healing. 
I think that everything that you do, that I do, it's healing. It's healing like literally, you know, where you're taking care of the teeth, I'm improving the quality of the skin, whether it's active acne, acne scars, lines and wrinkles, um, um, even actually we do Botox for TMJ, you know, all kinds of treatments. But the but the spiritual or the the healers that as you know, as dentists, as doctors are, you know, it's a different I try to create that environment so it's not scary. And I'm sure you and I know you have the same. It's not it shouldn't be scary. It should be comforting when you go to an office. Because yeah. the healing process the healing process should start when you come in the door. And so that's something I guess, I mean, I don't know if it was part of the calling, but it was just something that I knew that I wanted to do, that I wanted to have that atmosphere. You know what? And I think that, you know, and and please, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but I think the fact that you are a nurturing woman comes across as a very comforting thing, especially like, I think men in general are a lot more apprehensive to show their fear to another man. Whereas to a woman, you might like loosen up a little bit. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just my generation and, you know, but, but I think that I've been told. It it is a little bit generational. Yeah, I, I think so. But I've actually been told that a lot of men who are petrified of the dentist feel more comfortable going to a female dentist than a male dentist because they're not afraid to act like a wimp in front of a woman, whereas they kind of feel like they got to be like macho in front of a guy. I don't know. Maybe it's more generational and, you know, younger men don't feel that way, but I've just been told that. I'm just the messenger. Um, The last thing I really want to touch on, now two things before we go. Number one, you know, I have a lot of students who watch this. And I have a lot of parents that are guiding their students. If you are a student or a parent who wants to help give your young student advice as to like, how do you become a successful dermatologist? Give us a few things that you think were really critical in paving the road for your success. So I think it's, I think any, any, any road to success, and this is like it's such a wonderful American story, which is that in general, it doesn't matter where you're born, how much money you have, who your parents are, which is so true in this country. It doesn't, none of that means anything. It's all related to how much work you're willing to put in and how, and how much work and also um, being able to know when to break the rules and when to follow the rules. So there's, when I say break the rules, you have to be creative, you know, so it's creativity, it's hard work. And so what I, what I recommend to students is that they, first of all, listen to themselves and find out truly what is it they're really interested in doing? Because if people are telling you should be a dermatologist and it's not really your thing, it's not going to work. Um, so listen to your heart about whether it's true. And then it's just a lot of study, but it's fascinating study, you know, and it's learning about the body. And so that's how you have to go through college so that your grades are good enough to get into medical school. And then before you do dermatology, you just want to make sure that you want to learn everything about the most fabulous organ that we have. The organ that shows us how beautiful we are, 
the organ that holds all our our organs in and the organ that serves as the as the great wall of china doesn't let any doesn't let any bugs no viruses no bacteria nothing in so you know so yeah hard work creativity and listen to your heart but and those are good general things but specifically like does it matter if they take science classes or not i mean there are people that went to my dental school who majored in philosophy as long as they got the dental prerequisites, you know, it's obviously easier if you major in uh, a science because there's a lot more overlap. But, you know, what I would say is, you know, do you think it's really important to major in science or not? Or, you know, I mean, I think you should make, no, I actually, a lot of the medical schools are looking for people who are more well-rounded. So I would say don't major in science unless you're unless you really are interested in biology or chemistry. I'm, I was a psychology major, and then I, yeah, I just did psycho my bio. Yeah, I was yeah. psycho bio. Yeah, psycho bio, and so yeah, and then I did my um, I did my my requirements for medical school, you know, to get into medical school. But right. then medical school, and you see the you see the beauty of the body. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's incredible, you know, the magnificence, how it all works. And what do you think was like the top two things that made you successful after medical school when you went into private practice? That's a really good question. Not counting extreme makeover because that, that was yeah. like a black swan event. Yeah, well, the yeah, right. Um, well, but part of what made me successful on extreme makeover is what makes me successful period, which is there's a certain amount of, of calculated risk taking. And when I say that, I mean, I'd like to use an example, which is, let's see, how do I want to describe this? I think, I think innovation which is what we're talking about. Innovation in treatment plans, innovation in developing a practice that makes you feel like a big hug when you come in is really key. And so that's how progress has been made. And so I think that listening also to your thoughts about innovation, even if people are saying, no, 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 um, as long as it's not dangerous, but that's, it's, it's innovation, it's being creative, it's taking one thing and applying it to another. Um, so, for example, telemedicine. I've wanted to do telemedicine for such a long time, but the insurance companies wouldn't reimburse for it in Los Angeles. And so now that they are, well, guess what? We have to stay, we have to have social isolation, but people still need to have their, you know, their acne treated, their psoriasis, their rosacea, um, eczema. So we can do telemedicine. So innovation, creativity, and then, you know, pushing the envelope out. I love that. I love that. And last thing, talk about the gist. So the gist is a YouTube show I'm very proud of. I'm I'm on it with, we're all co-hosts, four other dermatologists. You're going to be a guest. And so we talk about everything dermatology from... Um, some medical dermatology to different uh, cosmetic approaches to basic information that people need to know about creams that they're using or just um, skin conditions that they have. So it's a really great place to go check it out. And so it's the just show dot live on YouTube. Yes, please check it out. It's really good. Subscribe. (laughs) 
That's awesome. Well, personally, I am a patient of Dr. Ava's. She's awesome. Um, I literally fell in love with her when we started working on Extreme Makeover, and it's been a great, great relationship. If you want to follow her on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, it's Dr. Ava Says, D-R-A-V-A-S-A-Y-S. If you want to go on her YouTube channel, it's Dr. Ava MD. And if you want to see The GIST Show, it's www.thegistshow.com. And with that, please stay in. Be safe. Be smart. Think about all the things. There's tons of, of you know videos and things online. I know you get sick of it, but there's nothing else to do for the next few weeks. We need to wait till this thing flattens out. And you know, let's hope that we get a, a vaccine as soon as, as possible. Uh, with that, Dr. Bill and Dr. Ava Shambam, over and out. Over and out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.